You're listening to EVH and Gear TV, brought to you by Design39 Media. Visit design39media.com for all your website, photography, and video production needs. Microphones for EVH and Gear TV are provided by Rode Microphones. An official Van Halen merchandise is provided by vanhalenstore.com. And now, here's your host from Ontario, Canada, EVH artist Eric Broadbent. Hey everyone, happy Sunday to you all. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 3 of the Helix Hour. We are live. Thank you so much for joining in. And today we're joined by Line 6 uh, design, Sound Design Manager, Ben Adrian. Ben, how are you? I am very well. How are you? Fantastic. Great to have you here. I was actually feeling a little bit under the weather. There's a bug getting into the family here, cold bug in that. But you know what? Just stay busy and will it away and I won't let it get to us. So I'm just happy to have you here. Happy to have our, our Helix uh, fans over in the live chat. It's going to be a fun day, I think. I, I hope so. I think it's going to be good. <laughs> Lots to talk about. We're going to jump over real quick and say hi to everybody in the chat. So first of all, this is going to be a really action-packed episode. As always, folks, you know we, there's exclusives here for Helix Hour fans. Presets, not one, not two, but three presets for you today from Ben himself. And we're going to get some insight, kind of a different approach to some presets, maybe some ways of using Helix and some expression pedals and some ambient delays and loops and all kinds of fun stuff. So three presets for you. We'll have those links later in the uh, program. And also we've got a contest again as well today. Thanks to the folks at Line 6. We've got one more copy of Helix Native, a license for that. That will be done towards the very end of the program as well too. There'll be one guest and I'll give you details as we get closer to that. So let's go say hi to everybody in the chat. We've got a bunch of people jumping in here already. We've got Shecky is here, Ralph Niederlander Jr. Scott Roos is here, Brock Davidson, uh, Brock Davidson, uh, Alec Bourne, uh, Daryl McMillan. Let me see here. Carlos Santin is here as well. Uh, Nocturnal Butterflies running the chat. Uh, I saw Frank in here somewhere. Frank Rashad is here. Mike Francis, Shekis, I think I mentioned, uh, Robert Apple. And there we go. So lots of people jumping in. I'm going to highlight down at where Scott left. Oh, actually, we have Emilio Torgani. Greetings from Italy. Thank you very, very much for jumping in from Italy. This is great. We've got a full well, That's nice to have you. So let's start off a little bit just for some people. I mean, a lot of people in the Line 6 community know your name very, very well. But, you know, there's new people that discover here all the time, come to the channel, sometimes by accident or whatever. They see something shared. They may not know you. So if you could give us a little bit of a background information on yourself, bio, you know, where you grew up and when you got into music. Well, I'm uh, my name is Ben Adrian. I am the uh, the sound lead sound designer or sound design manager, uh, which basically means I do the modeling at Line 6 and I put my ears on everything. I actually grew up in Indianapolis, so I'm a Midwest kid. Um I play, started playing guitar as a teenager because that's when guitar was like the super cool thing to do. Right. So <clears throat> I started playing guitar and uh, played in bands and I was kind of a, a DIY tech nerd about everything. So, you know, when it came time to record, um, we just bought recording gear and we just learned to record it ourselves. Um, when it came, when something would break, I would take it apart and try to fix it and figure out what was wrong with it. And uh, so I just kind of... Uh, taught myself as much as I could about music and music gear and uh, ended up moving to the Bay Area working in the tech world and the first tech bubble got laid off numerous times so I ended up in a recording studio working as a professional mastering engineer and but I also did amp repair for extra money stuff like that and then um, and then uh, ended up moving down to Los Angeles when uh, uh, I met my remet my amazing wife who I knew in high school and she lived down here so I, uh, I moved down here uh, when I found the job at Line 6, and for seven years now I've been, uh, been doing cool modeling and playing music and living an awesome life. 
That sounds fantastic. That's a great story. And that's you kind of leading right into the next question I had for you. I was going to ask you, how did you, you know, just cross paths with Lion 6? Obviously, in the tech world, you know, people know people know people. But how did you end up, you know, at their doorstep and, you know, being there for several years and celebrating an anniversary recently? Well, um, originally, when I moved down here, like I said, I did amp repair. I did audio mastering. I used to build my own effects pedals as well. And I was going to move down here and give it another shot where I was like, okay, I'm going to try to do all of this for real. Mm-hmm. But I also knew there was a ton of guitar companies down here. There's just, a, you know, they're at 60% or more of guitar companies are within the LA area. So I just started looking around. Um, and I know there's another question coming up, but I had a Line 6 M9 and I looked on their webpage because I needed the manual and I saw, oh, jobs. And I looked at the job and I saw this job. It's like, hey, we're looking for someone who's an audio engineer. We're looking for someone who can repair tube amps. We're looking for someone who can read schematics. We're, and the, everything in their list uh, that they had was like what I'd been doing for the last 20 years of my life. Oh, fantastic. And I was just like, but it was like all things I did for fun, you know, when I, between hours of my day job or I'd maybe had a job for a while, but so, yeah. And I, so I applied for this job um, and I didn't hear anything. I didn't hear anything for like two or three months, but the job never left the website. So I'm oh, like, wow. what is going on here? Yeah. Finally, I got a call and they're like, Hey, are you still looking for a job? I'm like, hell yeah, I'm looking for a job. <laughs> so I went down and I had an interview and like within a week they're like, Oh yeah, no, we, we think you're, you'd be awesome at this. So it was, it just worked out perfectly. And then I didn't have to enter the scary world of self-employment in the United States. <laughs> Well, that's a fantastic story. I, I, that would be scary, though, too, when you send, you, you send in a resume or whatever, and uh, it's no call, and that's still on the website. It's like, oh, man, they didn't like me. You know what I mean? Or whatever, right? Yeah. That's they said they, they were just about to release something. I forget what it was. I think it was when, like, DT25 came out, yep. and they were just swamped with work. So they couldn't, they couldn't actually, they had no overhead to even look at people for this job they were trying to fill. So uh, so when I went in for my interview, I got to see DT25 before it had been released to the public. I go, oh, that's awesome. That's cool. It's small. It does all the sounds. It's great. Well, I, I've been finding that more and more with each of the, you know, your, your fellow colleague uh, staff members I've had on the show here. It seems like a lot of them, uh, most of them for that matter, uh, were Line 6 customers before they were uh, an employee. And I think that has a lot to do with, you know, like the, first of all, product knowledge. Um, you know, and the fact that everyone wants to jump in and, and help people. So you mentioned, kind of alluded a little bit, you had a couple of Line 6 products. You were probably a Line 6 user for quite some time. Oh, yeah. I got the DL4 uh, as a Christmas present in 1999, like okay. right when it came out. So I had the DL4 for a long time. And then, um, I, you know, I started getting pods to record demos and stuff in the early 2000s. And um and then, yeah, and then when I always use the DL4 in my band, and then when the M9 came out, I replaced the DL4 with that. And, uh, and yeah, so it was just like, it, I think it was actually helped out when I came in. I, I could talk about, and since I'm a gear nerd, I had gone through those products like super in depth. So I went in there and I was already like kind of talk speaking their language. It was it was a uh, it was a happy coincidence. Yeah, that's that's really good. Speak, uh, talk the language and lingo, and have a little bit of hit the ground running. In other words, with uh, product knowledge, and uh, you know, if someone asks questions, how do I get in and do this? You already have the answers, so that's pretty cool. 
Yeah, yeah, it was it was good, and I got to bring all the pedals I built. I'm like, here, here's what I've been doing. It's like, here's all this stuff I made, and nice. I think that made a good impression as well. I think so. Well, obviously, you've done something right because you've you've been there for quite some time now. A lot of a lot of days, uh, these days, I should say, you know, job security is getting further and further between. And you've been there celebrating a seventh seventh anniversary. Is that right? Yeah, it's going to be seven years like later this month sometime. Okay, so there you go. Awesome. Well, we'll look forward to uh, uh, mentioning that on social media and giving you congratulations on that. But that's fantastic. Seven <laughs> years in, a, in an environment like that. It's awesome. I want to jump back to but go to the next. Before we go to my next question, a couple of questions over here. Uh, actually, there's a few other people I'll say hi to as well, too. I might have missed. Uh, Troy King is here. David Ennis is here. Taz Max 2002. Um, Alec Bourne, I might have mentioned him already. So Emilio has a question uh, from Italy. He says, is it possible your band was on Deep Elm Records? Oh, I think so. Okay. It might have been Replicator. Okay. I was in a band called Replicator. We might have been on a compilation. That label sounds familiar. Okay. But but like every one of my bands has been associated with some very small record label. But yeah, I'm pretty sure I was it. Was it Saraswati? Anyway, maybe one of my bands. I think so. That sounds very familiar. I usually don't deal with the the business any of the business yeah. sides of my bands. It's hard to say business when you make zero money. Yeah, and you put all your still, money into it. But you know, but yeah. So it's uh. But it's um, I was, but yeah, I'm pretty sure we we uh, released something. I think it was on a compilation. That's right. Well, even in the real business world, you know, taking music outside of it, you know, in in business business world, a lot of businesses aren't making a ton of money either. It's the cost of operations. You don't see profit for so long. But I know what you mean. Sometimes you get involved in the business side of music. It takes the fun out of it, and and uh, you know, you just like to focus on the creative side. But if you don't focus on the business side, sometimes you know, you just you're, you're spinning your wheels, right? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's like I realized at an early age that the kind of music I end up making is esoteric and weird. Yeah. And I'm like, there's no commercial potential. So I'm just going to, I'm fine with having a cool job. And then just whenever I play music, it's it's purely because I love the music and I don't have to worry about making songs that, you know, a wide populace enjoys. Yeah, exactly. And it's a release. <laughs> it's, a, you know, even though you have a fun gig at, at work, you know, everyone needs a release. And even if you're not, you know, breaking in a ton of cash with the band, uh, and that, sometimes, you know what, that, that can be a blessing in disguise, too. Sometimes, you know, um, the all the money that comes at you, you know, from a very successful group, you know, that can change people as well, too. So this is just a nice way to have some fun on a weekend or whatever it is, and then go back to work on a Monday and, you know, keep, re, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> repeat. Yeah, there's yeah. a tech side and a creative side, and they kind of... Even though I work in with the gear that I use, they're pretty separated in my in my brain. So it's 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 nice that way. It works out well. Fantastic. Uh, Brock Davison says I want uh, Ben's shirt 100. So I see. I'm just an an. Oh yeah. I'm an analog boy in a digital world. I said this once out loud, and my my lovely and amazing wife Claudia wrote it down. And then the next Valentine's Day, I had this shirt show up. And it was amazing. I like it. That's really cool. That's a, that's yeah. a lot of us really at heart. Um, just like yeah. last week too, you know, JB Echo on the show. I thought that this guy's got to be the most analog guy, at least looking at him and looking at his backstory and stuff like that. And then you see how much he's gravitated and embraced the digital world. It's uh, it's really, really cool. There's more of us out there than we uh, probably realize. Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's, it's a, uh, you know, everyone has to find a new way to work. And if, you know, I mean, we'd all love to have a room where we can crank up our our vintage amps and mm-hmm. stuff, but you know, real estate is expensive and noise gets the cops over. So that's right. You know, we do what we, we do what we can and in any way we can. So that's right. And it's, it's been a blessing for, for many of us. And even for the ones that can crank the amps and, and no worries of the police coming over. Uh, we're seeing a lot of people, you know, I just happen to prefer using this at the moment. So that's pretty cool. 
Um, yeah. Over to the chat there as well, too. Island Sound says, I can't afford one yet, but I'd like to get my hands on the Helix to replace my old Zoom unit. Yeah, I keep saving watch for some of these places, like, you know, the various, uh, you know, Sweetwaters and things like that. Sometimes they have financing and things like that, you know, no payments for so many months, stuff like that. So watch for the deals, you know, and be patient. You'll find the best deal when you're not looking for it, honestly. It'll it'll jump up and bite you. Uh, Jason Sedites is here in the house. He says, hey, Brock. Oh, hey. Nice to have you. <laughs> and we're going to be talking about uh, something he's covered a lot, something that you've had a lot to do with uh, throughout the show here as well, too. Jason's been uh, working with that. Uh, Scott Roos says, Joe Walsh, quote on the shirt. And now it's kind of your own, isn't it? Yeah, like you said. Uh, I mean, I, I, I'm sure many, many people have said something similar to that. I Maybe I heard it and said and said something similar, and my wife heard me. And But, you know, it's a, uh, it's a very common sentiment like you said yeah, alluded to that's right uh let me see here david N says doing great hope you're okay he's speak, speaking together in, in the chat here uh troy king says ant modeling has come a long way over the past 15 years i agree with that 100 percent. and you this would be a good thing to ask you you're deeply rooted invested in it at work i think we're at a good place i mean who knows what's coming down the road with modeling from your company and at various other companies but i think we're gonna take all the competition across the board i think we're all in a very good place right now yes i would agree it's um you know, the, the DSP power is finally getting there where you can actually create virtual circuits that are uh, very similar to actual amplifier circuits. Whereas, you know, 15 years ago, the circuits were just, you know, maybe one distortion stage with some EQ and you got kind of a cartoony version of the amp, I would say. Yeah. But now, but now the, uh, you know, I think we'll talk about it more in a bit, but now the modeling process is much more analogous to what's actually happening in a real amplifier. That's right. And not only the power being there to handle it, but headroom as well, too. I mean, yeah. most of us, for the most part, are not maxing out our, our DSP. And if we are, in a lot of cases, maybe we could be doing something wrong. We need to kind of relook at how we're doing things. But it's nice to have that headroom that would, before you couldn't even do it, let alone have headroom. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I kind of came in at an interesting point where they had already done the Pod HD 500 and... When I started modeling, the, my first models were going to be for the HD500, but they're like, well, we might be doing something else, so just don't worry about DSP and we'll pare it down. So I kind of got left alone and was able to come up with me and another guy who named Matt, who unfortunately no longer works at Line 6. He's an awesome guy, Matt Stabile. Mm -hmm. um, we kind of reinvented kind of the procedure for modeling for what became Helix, and it was like we kind of did it without... Think even thinking about DSP limitations, right? And it was it, was, it went out. It, apparently, it's gone really well because uh, you know the Helix has been doing awesomely, and everyone seems to like it for it, the most part. For yeah. sure, very well accepted. Uh, here's a nice uh, compliment for you. This is from Shekius. He's a, a longtime uh, watcher. Uh, viewer says, Ben, I got to thank you. Your work in modeling has made my job playing in my cover band so easy. Sound and feels amazing. I can't live without my Helix LT. Excellent. Well, thank you very much. That's coming from that's someone great. right in the field. That's that's awesome. So that's got to be, uh, yeah. that's good. Uh, Terry's GG&G is here. He says, yes, I made it. Uh, let me see here. Bobby Clipper says, hi, Eric, and Nocturnal Butterfly, and all nice to uh, see Brock in the house. Uh, we have uh, Ben's website link here as well, too, which you can find <laughs> a few different uh, various offshoots from his website website there as well, too. Um, all of that is very outdated, but yep. it's, it's, it's still up. I leave it up as a, I guess a historical artifact, but I really don't m update my personal websites much in the lot since I got the job at line six. It's hard. It's, I, and yeah. I'm a web developer by trade as well too. And it's fine. I've my properties tend to be the last, like, you know, the car, you're a mechanic, right? And your car, you oh, yeah. bad transmission, but <laughs> you're fixing everybody else's car. So I can sympathize hundred percent with you. 
Yeah, my amps are like that. I have a I have this nice vintage Fender amp that's I keep at work and I play it every so often. But the normal <laughs> channel, I just the, I just pulled the tube because it wasn't like okay, normal channel's weird. I'll get around to fixing it. But yeah, yeah, I work on amps. I get things working, but my own amps are always like just I hit it on the side a little bit. Then we'll work in a bit. Yeah, that's right. So. <laughs> that happens. It's time. We just don't have it. Uh, let me see where they leave off. Uh, so Emilio said, uh, yeah, my band at the time, Settlefish, was on Deep Elm Records. We toured USA two times. Well, that's fantastic. Congratulations, Emilio. Nice to see you touring over here in North America. Uh, not a ton of money. Yeah, there's unless you, there's not a lot of a uh, ton of money in music unless you're very very successful. And these days, it's even harder because it's all been done before and just people aren't coming to live shows. They watch the YouTube video the day after, and it's a it's a it's a double-edged sword catch 22 these days with music but very cool that you had some success with it uh mark perlow is here saying hi all troy king says here okay this is cool um this probably leads into uh troy i'm gonna i'm gonna preface preface your question here by saying we're gonna talk about uh, ben's role here in a second and a lot of us think you know okay we buy the helix and we get you know it's nice we get all these free downloads all the time you know up or firmware upgrades and things like that so we're getting treats after treat after treat without having to pay more for these things but i i think a lot of us don't really have a concept of you know the sound design you know your job so kind of tell us what your role is and and kind of i'll mention troy's question he says how do you go about capturing the amp model frequencies to make sound the way it does do you use the actual amp to nab the frequency or is it all programmed so you take that away it's kind of a double-edged question there's that and then what is your role per se encompass so as 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 being kind of in the the head of the sound design department what it means is uh i oversee all the modeling which is just me and another guy named sam uh who is awesome as well sam huang um uh but we are uh, we are doing all the modeling for the most yeah, all the modeling recently. Every so often, there's some DSP engineers like Brandon and Nelson who would help out. But for the most part, it's us. Uh, there are people who write the DSP software. I always point upstairs because when I'm at line six, they, they're in the up on the second floor. But right. I'm at home, so I feel very silly. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so I end up, you know, we kind of develop the techniques for modeling amps and effects and such, and then we actually do perform the modeling. And whenever we model something we have an actual unit in-house. So if we're modeling, you know, like a Marshall Plexi, we have a real Marshall Plexi. And the model is of that specific Marshall Plexi because, as you know, they all sound a little different. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we've had issues where people plug into, like, an amp that this doesn't, this AC30 doesn't sound like my AC30. I'm like, no, it sounds exactly like our AC30, Um, which sounds different than every other AC30. They're all all kind of unique creatures. so yeah, so what we end up doing, I'll give a it's a it's a large subject, but I'll kind of give a quick explanation of modeling. Is um with our DSP tools, we can kind of create a schematic of the amp, but digitally. And and when we capture something, it might be like we can actually clip on inside of the real amp and we'll play guitar and we'll send test signals through the amp. And um we'll capture like we might capture after the first gain stage, and you'll hear the gain of the tube. You'll hear the frequency response, and we'll measure all that. We'll hear at what point it's distorting, and the knee of the, the clipping and the shape of the clipping. We'll capture all the information. And then in our software, we can put that first gain stage there. And then we can listen to just what's happening at that first gain stage. And using things that are very similar to audio plugins that are written by our DSP engineers, we have a tube simulator, and I can configure that so it distorts in the exact way. I can do pre-filtering, which is the kind of EQ before the distortion. I can do post-filtering, which is how the EQ is affected after the distortion. And that's just the first gain stage of the amp. 
And then I'll move on to usually the drive knob or the volume knob is next, and we'll put it in multiple positions, and that the frequency changes yeah. depending on what position the volume knob is at. So we'll actually, not only will the drive knob in Helix map to the actual volume, it'll actually map to a like a, a EQ filter that changes as it goes along. Okay. So every amp has probably 20 to 30 points where we collect information, and then we match it slowly going through. So the actual amp models or distortion pedal models or even like tape echo models, the signal flows through the model totally analogously, I, I use that word a lot, to what's happening in the real amp. So when you have an amp's distortion, you're actually having, you know, the first gain stage distorts a little, the second gain stage distorts a little, the third gain stage distorts a little, the phase inverter distorts a little, the power tubes distort a little, and it makes one whole sound. All of those distortions are happening within the models. So, you know, we try to make the models behave as close as we can to their physical real-world counterparts. That's a, that's a fantastic process. I mean, obviously, we just think it's like we take a snapshot and you have a sample of an amplifier, but there's a lot. Just like when you say where you put the volume, you know, just like us with uh, an effects block, you know, we throw something in a block or, you know, uh, before or after the amp. I mean, it's so much difference, right? But we're talking right from oh, the yeah. creation point. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's uh, we try to make the amp models like as close to reality. And one of the things we used to say is like, you know, like we're not really trying to make our amp models sound good or awesome, which sounds kind of bad to say out loud. Yeah, no but mean. we're trying to make them sound like the amp. Yeah, you know, so like you know, obviously you're a big fan of like say the fifty one fifty amps. Mm -hmm. So people have played that amp. You're like, I don't. This sound. This amp sounds bad. I'm like, no, it sounds. If you didn't like the amp in the real world, you're not going to like the model. That's right. You know. Yep. So some. You know, and you know, it's happened before. But that's why we have as many amps as we have time to model to put in there because, you know, most people buy the Helix and like, awesome. There's forty something amps in there or whatever. I don't even know the count now. Yeah. But um, you know, they might use two or three, I, and that's great. That's that's kind of me. Uh, that I'm kind of I'm probably. Uh, maybe the lower percentage of the population but i find that you know i've got all this i can use and i'm just so happy with a little tiny bit of it that's when i hear yeah. some people is you know we you you subscribe to all these forums and and facebook pages and things like that too and you see some, the odd guy that's out there and oh i'm running out of dsp all the time it's like how how i mean really how yeah. are you running out <laughs> how, you, how are you doing it you know and maybe maybe you should reevaluate what you're doing um you know and they're probably more knowledgeable than i am i'm still the rookie when it comes to helix but I'm learning every day, and, and I, I just like to, you know, it, back in, let's go back many years. Like, you know, we've all had, like, the Digitex and all these really cool, you know, rack things, and they come with 200 effects in there, and if you have 200, you want 400. Well, you know, you're always wanting more. I think if we start looking at it on the other way of it, um, you know, take some of the best of it and really dial in to get your, your sound using as little as possible. And that's, I think, because we have the tools, just because we can go to extremes doesn't mean that we have to. I just find that, you know, you give people a bunch of options, they'll play through a bunch of options, and they kind of end up narrowing down to yep. what they like. And it's funny, because I, like I said, my, my nerd side, who makes the amps, and my creative side are kind of different in my brain. Whenever I'm setting up my own patches for my band, I realize they're extremely similar to the amp and pedal board setups I've been using for like 20 years. Yeah, yeah. Like, if I look at what I was using in 95 or 96, and it's just like, wow, that's, it's very similar when I'm actually playing music, but when I'm messing around with gear, like like I don't need any more amplifiers. I have a few guitar amplifiers. They're great. It's rad. But every so often, I'll see a cool amplifier, and I kind of will want it. I realize I don't want it because I want to play it. I want it because I want to take it apart yeah. and figure out what works. And then once I do that, I can get rid of it. So hopefully, then I can just be like, hey, line six, buy me this amp. I can model it. That's and then, right. And then I don't have to like spend you know money and bring home another amp <laughs> and, and be like, hey, look, 
another amp, honey. That's right. This is something that's not a question I had on the itinerary for you, but I, I just want to ask this out for fun. So a lot of times now, like you say, we don't necessarily have the, the desire to necessarily, you know, have a physical amplifier in our room with us anymore because we can have just about everything at our fingertips. Would you say... Because I know you like guitars and you collect guitars and, and I collect guitars and a lot everyone watching has a nice collection of guitars. Would you say that, okay, so instead of going out and spending, we have a Helix, of course, or we have a Helix Native or whatever we have. Instead of investing in another amplifier, would it be a smart move to grab that guitar you're looking at instead and maybe, uh, you know, enjoy that more so? Um, I don't know. I'm, I, I wouldn't be so presumptuous as to tell people what to do with their money. Right, right. But, but um. The thing I found out, you know, when I was younger, like let's say twenties, sure, like I would buy so many three hundred to six hundred dollar guitars, mm-hmm. and then almost all of them ended up getting traded for the next three hundred or six hundred dollar guitar. Sure. Once I actually hit the age of I don't know late thirties to forty, I realized I would much rather have a few really nice guitars, right, than like twenty three hundred dollar guitars. Sure. Yep. And. And because uh, I just never played them, I always played my old standbys, and I would have these other guitars, but I just never really touched them that much. So, I would say, what if you know, if people have something like Helix, and yeah, get get the awesomest guitar you can, yeah, that you just makes you want to play, and that you never want to put down. That's right. No, that's good, good advice for sure. I was just curious to see what you thought on that. Uh, we'll continue down the chat here for a quick second, and I think we do have some more questions coming up. Uh, Quentin James is here saying, "Hey, kids." Um, and let me see here. Terry says, Caesar All Guitar just posted an unboxing of Helix he got from Sweetwater. Oh, very cool. So someone, yes, just got uh, one from Sweetwater. That's awesome. Hooray! Uh, yeah, Zach Thong is here saying, hey, Eric. Bobby Clipper is here. Jason Poe finally made it to one of the live shows. Thank you, Jason. I'm really happy to have you here live. It's hard to meet everyone's schedules and time zones. It's, it's, uh, you never meet, uh, accommodate everybody. Um, let me see here. Um, Frank Rashad, Sarah saying hi to Jason and some more of the, uh, the chat viewers here. I'm going to try not to scroll too fast. Okay. Um, this is cool. Jason says, uh, Adriatic delay is some, is an awesome go-to for me. That is a nice delay. Thank you. Yes. So yep. that, that is actually based on my specific boss DM2 okay. that I used. That's why it's called the Adriatic. It was, uh, Dom, Dom Liberati from my work suggested we call it the Adriatic because, we had a DM2 model, but I liked mine, and I always wanted to... I love analog delays with modulation. So I just took the existing DM2 model, m- changed it to match my pedal, and then added all the features I wanted to have on the delay. So it was uh, it was kind of one of those projects of like, I really just want to do this for me. Yeah. And then it went in, and people liked it, so that's fantastic. I, I'm sometimes slow to catch things, and I, did, I just caught this now, I, I, hence the name, right? Uh, Obviously. <laughs> That's very cool. Wow, I learned something yep. else new today. That is really, really cool. Um, and we're going to talk about some more things that are in Helix because of you as well, too. It's similar to, to your name and some of the, your inventions. Um, let me see here. Uh, this is cool. Quentin, Quentin is a phenomenal guitar player, and he used to manage guitar stores back in the day. Uh, and he says, when I managed music stores, Line 6 was a no-brainer. I sold more of their amps and effects than anyone else. And it goes to show you, salespeople that believe in the product, you know, it's one thing you go into a store and no people have no knowledge of the product and are like, yeah, this might be good. I know Quentin's one of those guys that knew the product and uh, you can easily sell something you believe in. So it's very, very um, cool. Very cool. Uh, let me see here. Zach Thong's saying hi to Terry and uh, it's from Quentin. Let me see. Mel O'Brien says, just found you. I've had a DL4 for over 15 years. It's great. Yeah. And Frank's saying they're still selling like crazy, correct? Yeah, it's one of those like legacy products that I think people started using 
and then you know they might sell it and they're like oh i missed that pedal and they just buy buy it again people want to buy the dl4 and you know we try to tell them hey the m9 and you know helix now and everything it's like we have a lot of the same delay algorithms or they're even better they're more accurate and they're better now and people are like yeah but i just like my dl4 so that's right they like it that's awesome there's, there's nothing wrong with liking it there's an artist here that junior my, my son eric jr he's a huge fan of the band gorillas from over in the uk and they're doing uh-huh. fun, for doing phenomenal out there and uh, jeff wooten wooten the guitar player i know he's got at least the dl4 on his board he's got a massive board with a switching system and i think he might have another line six product on there as well but we're going to be meeting them uh next month we got vip and we're going to be doing some stuff backstage with them i really want to find out if he's uh, embraced helix or if he's looked at it and if not i'm going to put the helix bug in his ear because he could really bring that board down to you know, yeah. a much more manageable thing um, and, yeah. and have all the legacy effects like the DL4 that he loves. I'm going to d- definitely put the bug in his ear for sure. Uh, let me see here. And uh, Quentin says the uh, Uber metal pedal was like death in the box. We've also got the uh, uh, line6.com website address from uh, Nocturnal Butterfly. Thank you. And uh, Emilio says he has a technical question. And there's a question from Island Sounds as well too, so I'll get to that. So Emilio says, what's the difference between the cab block and IR block? Good, honest question. Okay, so the IR block is uh, very similar to an IR player that's in every modeler and even non-modeler devices where you have a, a short little wave file that in that wave file is basically an, an e, a huge EQ curve of what's happening in, say, like a cabinet. Or it doesn't even have to be a cabinet. You can have an IR block of, like, an acoustic guitar body or, you know, a short uh, space, like a reverb kind of space. Or... Um, but so in Helix, IRs are almost universally used for having the sound of speaker cabinets. Okay. But it's like, it's one fixed sound. And we have some EQs in our IR block to either remove some lows or remove some highs. But it's just like that one sound, you can't change it around. But when we were developing Helix, we realized people want to actually use a cabinet much like they would use a, um, a cabinet in real life. So we take... Um, of a different kind of version of IR. So there is an IR in our cabinet block. Um, but we've have, we kind of developed an in-house proprietary way of using the IR. And then we have a way to actually change the EQ sounds and responses of different microphones. So it starts off with a neutral IR and then it adds the coloration of the microphone. It adds the coloration of the proximity effect okay. by moving the microphone closer or further. So our cabinets are essentially IRs with extra stuff added to make it behave more like you would actually interact with the cabinet in real life. Gotcha. Okay. Very, very good answer. And that's a very good question too, Emilio. Uh, now, Island Sounds has a question here, and I can probably say we probably can't answer this question, but, uh, and there's always things when we're talking about new, you know, things coming down the road, we always have to wait, but I'll just vet, I'll, uh, vet the question here. He says, uh, with Helix being so popular, will Line 6 release a new amp that utilizes the tech- technology developed for Helix? Now, I'm just going to say, I would think power cab right now is is kind of a step in that direction would you not agree there and is there anything else you can allude to but probably not um no i am 100 percent not allowed to talk about any products that are coming out in the Mm -hmm. future and that is not only to for business reasons but also for the federal trade commission because yamaha is a public trade trade company and if i give some people information what's what's going to happen and not other people that's insider trading i can't do that that's good i appreciate (laughs) you know i appreciate 100 percent you sharing that i I knew uh you know we can't share you know trade secrets and things like that yeah but that's very cool to actually know that so there is a very honest answer but would you say power cab because that's public knowledge we all have a lot of us have that that's something that was kind of designed for everybody's modelers but certainly to use helix 
Yeah, I mean, PowerCab is, you know, it has our same, um, it has a new speaker modeling technology that's new. It has the same IR technology that's in Helix. Um, and then it has, uh, you know, the ability to communicate with Helix. So, you know, PowerCab with, with, uh, with a Helix, with any of them, is going to behave kind of like a Helix amplifier. Gotcha. Um, yeah, it would be cool to have a Helix amp. It would be cool to have a lot of things. Yeah. But, um, you know, w- but we hear that and, you know, we try to make things that are the most flexible. I think we found out, you know, there, like, for instance, there was the Veta. The mm-hmm. Veta was super powerful for its time. Uh, it was also very expensive because they had to cram an amp and a, a high-end processor into one unit. And when you do that, it's suddenly, like, that, that gets pretty expensive. Yeah. So, you know, we also want to make things that'll sell. Mm-hmm. And, you know, while we could probably make something like a Helix, a full Helix amplifier, it would be very expensive and not as flexible as, as what you have now. So that's right. We're can't of, say that we are, aren't doing it. No, that's right. It's kind of going backwards again, too, because we're, I know, I know this isn't necessarily your mission, but, you know, we're trying to make things portable, ease of use, and now we're kind of going backwards again. So, and then there's the cost factor, like you say, and all these different things. And as you know, and any company knows, you can never make everyone happy, no matter what you do. You could put, you know, 3,000 presets, in, uh, you know, available to store in Helix, and then people are going to say, well, oh, man, I really would wish you had 5,000 because I'm, I'm very, very versatile. You know what I mean? You just can't make them all happy. <laughs> but that's, that's a good, fair question. Uh, yeah, and uh, and speaking of, of uh, IRs and, and cab logs and that too, I was always, since having the Helix, I was always the stock cab guy. And then I started to experiment a bit with IRs. And as I shared with you off the air, I was playing a little bit of a patch, one that I like, and it's I could live with one uh, preset for the rest of my life. And it's using some Celestian IRs. And, and I'm a, a MIDI uh, newbie. I mean, my my age, I should be, I was around there when MIDI was almost invented, uh, but I've never ever used MIDI. And I've, you know, put my feet in the deep end real quick. And I'm able now to run Helix controlling two power cabs. I loaded all my IRs right into power cab and Helix as well too. I wasn't sure where I was going to go with, but I got two power cabs. I made a complete copy of one power cab, put all the IRs on the second one. And the presets are toggling the the speaker emulation I want or the IR. It's really, really cool. And if someone like myself can do that who knows nothing about MIDI, I'm telling you, uh, don't be scared like I was. I was always scared to try stuff like that. And you can't break it. Yeah. Well, Eric Eric Klein, who I know you've had on the show, has yeah. made it very easy to to configure MIDI. And I'll configure everything within Helix. But yeah, I'm I'm not that great with MIDI myself. But yeah, I've used it a few times with Helix. And, and yeah, Eric made a very friendly user interface it's awesome yeah and speaking of that interface and i won't mention the you know the competitors names here on on the show but you know people have always asked me you know eric would you want to do reviews and shootouts of you know the other like uh, the helix to this to this to this and for two reasons i say i say no number one um there's other good great youtubers out there that do those shootout videos that are amazing at it and more power to them they got you know millions of subscribers and that really helps people I always tell people if they come to my channel, uh, if you see a review, which I don't do a ton of reviews, but if you see a review, it's something I put my heart and soul into and I believe the product 100%. But a couple of the other products as well too, the competitors, as much as they look cool on paper and a lot of people are saying rave things about them, they, there's an intimidation factor that I don't, I wouldn't, even if someone put one on my doorstep today as a loner to try it out, I wouldn't do it because... I'm intimidated by it. And I, I kind of sound like a hypocrite when I say that because I always try to tell people don't be intimidated by things. But I, long story short, I think it's just that user interface and the flexibility of Helix that takes that scare factor right off right off the table. You can bring it home from your guitar centers, or your Sweetwaters, or wherever you buy them, Long McQuaid's here in Canada, um, and get it, bring them home and start using it right away. 
Yeah, I think I think Eric did a good job with the user interface. And I'm, you know, we have a lot of competitors, and I I don't mind m- mentioning their names. I'll mention Fractal. Sure. I'll yep. mention Kemper. Yep. And, you know, I've heard so many guitars sound totally awesome with that. Mm-hmm. I've heard guitars sound awesome with Helix. I would rather come to a piece of gear saying, let's just make it sound awesome, no matter who has it or who owns it, and it's you know, or who has to use it. But it's you know, I I they can sound awesome, and but everyone behaves a little different yeah. and i think guitarists should just pick the one that they like the best some yeah. people like helix the best that's great some people like hey I, I like fractal and i got some presets from a friend i learned how to use it i thought it works best for me that's right awesome like play guitar through a fractal and have a great time i know we have a mutual friend uh, with a lot of your uh, staff there as well too mark day at fractal he's a friend of mine as well too and you know he works for fractal and he he makes that thing sound beautiful you know, of I mean, course. just, I mean, obviously he gets to use a lot more than we would. It's, it's uh, to uh-huh. be honest with you, since how we mentioned names, uh, it's Kemper that scares me. I mean, I th- they have a different thing, but it just scares me. And I, I honestly, you know, more power to them and, and bless you for making a great thing, but it's just not for me. That's why I love Helix. But let's jump back to the, um, to the chat for a second. Then we're going to jump into some, uh, you can start talking some presets and we're going to give those away here in a bit. And you can do some playing cool. for us as well. We're looking forward to that. Uh, All so right. Troy King was saying thanks for the information there as well. Uh, let me see here. And, and, um, and Emilio has another question, but Emilio, that's kind of a, uh, a futuristic product question, which we just can't discuss. So as, as you've heard the explanation, we can't really get into uh, um, future things. And I think we got a link here as well, too. We're talking, people are talking about Jason Sedite's link. I think Nocturnal Butterfly posted the link. Jason just dropped his new uh, CD, and it's available in many places to, to digitally download and possibly physical copies. I'm not sure, but I think we have the link there. So check that out, guitar fans and Helix fans. It's definitely a good purchase that you will not regret. Uh, let me see here. Um, Robert Apple says, my Helix is, is at line six for a very minor a warranty repair. They made the procedure totally painless except for the Helix withdrawal. I can hardly wait to get it back. That's one thing I have to say. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna get to that a little bit more so. Um, we're talking about the customer service um, aspect of Line 6. But it's just, I see this a lot. I see a lot of happy people. They're disappointed that they've lost their Helix for a brief moment, you know, for some service. But they get it back so quick and they're made to feel like your baby's coming home. And, and that's the way a lot of us look at our things. That's my baby. I don't want to give it up. So that's good. That's good to hear. Um, so before we jump into the performance, I just want to ask you, uh, what is one of the coolest parts of your job? I mean, obviously, you know, um, you've been there going on seven years. What would be one of the coolest things you could say that you love about your job? Oh, that is, that's actually difficult. I, I know I had this question pre-prepared and I should have come up with a real answer. It's okay. But I mean, it's really just, um, you know, I, at first, the first coolest thing is I walked in and there was this huge collection of amps that have been... Yeah, Line 6 is collected for years before I started working there. Mm-hmm. And since I came in as kind of the old tube amp repair guy, it was kind of like, this is this is my flock. You know, I would go in, I would maintain them, I would keep them working well, and it just was so cool to know that I had these resources. Um, and then, um, you know, occasionally people come in, I've gotten to meet some really, like, cool guitarists, uh, people that I've, I've either liked myself or I know are, are very cool, and I've just gotten, you know, to actually talk to them and almost in almost every case they're like just super enthusiastic people who love gear but i have to say the best part of my job and this is going to kind of sound maybe a little weird but the coolest part of my job now is having been there for a while and gotten to know the company and you know become friends with people who work there and know the founders and stuff i really feel like they believe in me nice <laughs> i know it sounds really weird but like if i have an idea i'm like i think this will be really cool they're like great do it i really feel like i have uh uh, like it, it's kind of a it's it's a a work home in a way that is 
unlike any other job I've ever had. And I really feel like, you know, they, they trust me with stuff. I have knowledge there that only me and a couple other people have because it's modeling amps is a pretty esoteric process. Mm -hmm. And they're just like, yeah, like, you know, they, they kind of give, took a risk and when, with, uh, the modeling for Helix and, and, you know, when I got, when we kind of redefined that and now it's just like, oh yeah, no, this is great. You've been doing good work. Uh, you know, feel free to do whatever you think is right. So I just feel like there's a trust that my company gives me that is, is much, much more than I've gotten in any other job. So that that's wonderful. And that's, that's probably the best answer you could ever give. And I'll, I'll tell you what I kind of relate that to. And you tell me if you agree with this years ago, many years ago, my band recorded our first demo. We went to a studio and we recorded, you know, three tracks for a demo and the the engineer producer was really good. Oh, we have a super chat. I'm not sure who that's from. Let me just double check that for a second. That is from, um, oh my goodness, that is from Frank, 2499. Thank you, Frank. That is so very, very nice. Uh, that was for you saying good things about the, the company. <laughs> 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 Thank you, Frank. That was beautiful. But so we go to the studio and we record a demo and the producer, he was kind of a friend, but didn't believe in the band, didn't believe in the band whatsoever. And then, and the end product suffered. It was horrible. Well, no, I shouldn't say it wasn't horrible. It wasn't the best. Then yeah. you go to another studio, completely different, and um, it was 100% better. It was just absolutely amazing because there is belief. Yeah. I mean, I think enthusiasm goes a long way to making things awesome. That's right. I, I agree. And so that's very, very nice. That was a great answer that you said. So we're at the point now in the show. Um, we're at, uh, we got 20 minutes left in the program. The time flies like I told you. So Ben has brought, oh, we have another <laughs> a $10 super chat from Chad Boston. Thank you, Chad. You rock so much. You're, you guys are great, uh, great kind souls. Thank you. And it, it totally helps the program. Really appreciate that. So Ben has three presets. Uh, so Nocturnal Butterfly, if you're listening here, you can go ahead and post the Dropbox link for you people to download. So three presets. Tell us kind of what you're going to show us here, and then you can take it away uh, in, and have some fun. So I have three presets. One is called, uh, I think, Tiny Peloton Carto, which is the actual one I use in my band. Uh, I have a band called Tiny Peloton. We do kind of spacey guitar rock. But that is, I only, for when I play guitar, I only really use one preset, which is one, like a complicated pedal board preset. I use uh, the, the foot switch in 10 stomp mode. And then I use, I think, two expression, two or three expression pedals, depending on the gig. And that's it. Because I just kind of have this one setup, and it works. That's how it works for me when I'm playing my own music. Nice and um, there's another there's another preset called Beauty Dozer, which is this ambient preset I came up with that involves pitch shifting the guitar. Now I would love to be able to play those, but I realize I'm actually using my Helix right now for the microphone and as my audio interface. So if I change presets, I'll lose my mic, and I so I just didn't bother setting that up. But no <laughs> Beauty problem. Dozer. Um, so you have a normal kind of clean guitar sound, but then there's a pitch shift that then goes into a distortion after the fact. So there's like this rumble uh, that is happening along with what you play that's harmonically related, but you don't actually hear it as like a doubling of what you're playing. It's just kind of this, this rumble that always is kind of in key with you. So it's a very nice, like kind of spacey out there patch. Gotcha. And then the other one, is just called Ben Helix Hour, which is the one I'm playing through. So you actually will, you'll get the mics. You'll get the mic path too. Oh, that's handy. But, um, <laughs> that's handy though. It's serious it is. Yeah, it's like, a, it's like a mixer. If you ever want to talk to someone over Skype and play guitar parts at the same time, it'll work for that. So this uses something that I was talking to you a little bit about before, which is uh, a delay trick. And I, fa I figured this out before I even worked for Line 6, and I started using it. So anytime that, 
that you as a player are using one of our digital delays. And when I say that, I mean the delays that aren't a model of an effect, but just kind of like a utility delay. If you turn the feedback up to 100%, it'll just keep going. Okay. But it won't run out of control. So you get this nice, it can almost be like a secondary looper. Gotcha. And I, I also, when I do that, I will assign the f- delay feedback to an expression pedal. So you can't see it because you don't see my feet, but I'm controlling that with my foot right now. Um, and if you have the delay trails on, you can like play something like... And then you can turn the delay off, but the trails are still going. So you have the second looper, and then you can like say turn on an overdrive... So I love using this delay trick. And whenever I'm playing, you know, in my band, there might be a part where I hit a chord and the delay's on, and I know I'm not going to hit another chord and I might be singing, so I'll just kind of rock up the delay feedback and it'll kind of wash over a little more, and then I'll roll it back down real quick when I start playing the rest of the, the song. So one of my favorite tricks is, you know, I have, so I'll have my delay going. I'm sorry, I'm looking downwards a lot here. That's okay. You know, and I'll, uh, I also... There's something else you can do with was in the looper. You can assign the looper playback volume to an expression pedal as well. So I might do something like I'll play solo guitar shows every so often. Do a little volume swell here. So the looper is on now and I'm just recording all these volume swells. Slight error there. So now, right, I have the loop, the loop is playing. It's not recording. Gotcha. And now you can, so you can see I can control it with my foot very nicely. So then I, I might come up with a secondary thing with the delay here. So there's the original loop going, and then there's the little delay loop going on top. And then I might do something like I have a I have a volume pedal in the signal path and a fuzz, so I can maybe bring up a. Uh, It's a pretty simple setup where it's just, you know, a, a delay, a reverb for a space, fuzz, and then a volume. But with those things, I can create, like, entire worlds of of sound. Oh, there, I just faded out the, uh, in this case, I faded out the uh, actual loop, but yeah. the echo is still going. So you can kind of have sound on sound like that. 
Absolutely beautiful. It's, I never thought of that until you told me um, um, off the air. Now, just before I continue that sentence, I just want to say thank you. And Mark Perillo sent a, a $10 super chat as well, too. I didn't want to interrupt you while you're playing. Thank, <laughs> thank you so very, very much. Um, and then uh, we second. Um, one second here. So, yeah, thank you very much, Mark. But you had told me um, off the air about something I never thought about, using the expression pedal. Like, you're using three, one to control the loop volume. Uh, you know, if it's, yes. if, And see, I always have a problem with that. I'm a rookie when it comes to to the volume and uh on looping so now you can control that you're not not loud enough bring it up bring it back more or you say sometimes if you've got the delay echo that you just had there instead of doing that on stage all of a sudden you know stop and then everyone's like whoa that was an abrupt thing you can fade out the delay just like you're fading out a, a song yeah it's what? nice you know you can at the end of a performance if you have a loop going you don't just want to stop and people are like oh wait that's it they clap you kind of fade it out everyone gets a message oh that's the end of the song the song's fading out <laughs> it's much less awkward yeah I'm sure there's a comment here. Um, is, uh, Fred Siegel say craving better synths and tracking acoustic for electric guitar and hum single or hum single sims. Uh, uh, any word on these things coming? So there again too, Fred. Um, it's something that we can't necessarily address, but as we've seen, as we've seen from update to update to update, there's always good things coming. So I just what my kind of common stock answer I give people is just hang in there for next updates. And uh, you know, not that I'm I don't have any information, but I do believe that every update has something really really good. So uh, hang in there for sure. Uh, so I think we probably have the link. She's probably posted it. Uh, Nocturnal Butterfly, if you haven't, post that link to download. Uh, oh, she did. She yeah, she's better than I am. She's faster than I am. So we got the download link. So you have three presets. And I'm trying to think, one of my friends the other day on, on the Facebook group and Chad's group, I don't even know who it was uh, offhand, but it was, doesn't matter who it was because this is a common thing. Someone using a, a preset, just like what you've used here today, you'd be surprised how valuable that preset is. Having a microphone, sometimes you might be the, the sole man or woman out there entertaining. You can run a microphone through there. You can run uh, you know, your guitar through it and possibly even through a loop. You can have some, some uh, MP3 player or something like that to play some background music when you're off the stage. You could be the DJ that night too. So, yeah, I had a I had a very um, like I would say duh moment where when we were talking about this, I'm like, OK, so let's see, I'll have to get a mixer and I'll plug the Helix in and I'll have to get an audio in it. And I'm like, wait, I could just do that all in Helix. I should know. I should have known that <laughs> I was there where they designed that. Why didn't it's, it's like you just kind of forget about that. But, yeah, it works out very nicely. I mean, I was able to add a noise gate and a compressor to my mic. So I sound like a professional radio announcer. <laughs> I think there's a couple more questions here as well, too, in the chat before I get to mine. And I have to apologize, people. Awesome. I'm, I'm jumping around a little bit. Um, uh, let me see here. Uh, let me see here. John Hager says, went down the IR rabbit hole for a little bit yesterday and ended up back in stock, ca in stock cabs. I don't need any more distractions. That's one thing I will say as well, too. I agree with you. Um, the fact that you can you can spend forever trying all these uh, IRs, you're better off to start with a with a cab. And, you know, and if a friend really recommends a certain IR and, and says that's the one you get, well, that's a possibility. It saves you a little bit of uh, uh, you know time wasted. Uh, and we have a comment here from newcomer as well too. I'm going to go backwards from the chat and probably catch up. So I'll probably find that Johnny the guitarist is here as well too. Uh, great mustache comes great responsibility. Uh, yeah, rest in peace, Burt Reynolds. Uh, let me see here. Um, let me see here. Quentin James. How, okay, here's a good one from Quentin. Um, how many parameters uh, can you control on the delay? Can I assign an expression pedal to the delay mix and another to the feedback or one for the time and another for the mix? Uh, you can control any parameter in Helix with an expression pedal. And you can control multiples with one. So you could say, 
like have maybe you want to make the time longer and the mix wetter at this, um, you know, but maybe bring, I don't know, the feedback down. You could do that with one motion or you can assign them all to separate expression pedals. Um, we provide usually the ability for two or three with the hardware built into Helix. Um, but then, you know, if you use MIDI, you can do many more than that. Gotcha. Okay, so what we're going to do here in a second, we are going to, and I've learned a lesson from doing this before, we're going to give away, uh, thanks to the team um, at Line 6, we're going to give away one more Helix native license. And here's what we're going to do. Instead of me saying, you know, giving the word, the signal to start that, uh, Nocturnal Butterfly in the chat, watch very, very closely. I'm going to try to explain this very, very clearly so there's no questions. And it seems to work very, very well. Nocturnal Butterfly is going to give the go-ahead. She's going to put some kind of symbol in the, in the chat to say, um, you know, we're going. She's going to let that timer run for one minute. And you guys and girls or who's ever in the chat going to pick a number between 1 and 100. The closest to the number without going over and you only guess once only one time please and thank you all right so you're going to guess one time and at the end of it we're going to have uh, nocturnal butterfly and if frank is able to also just kind of back her up or carlo a couple of my moderators uh can kind of watch the who got the closest to without going over then when the show is over uh after or she'll also say stop okay and uh, then we'll pick the closest number, and then that person will contact me through uh, through the Facebook page, facebook.com slash thehelixhour, and send me your uh, your Line 6 username if you've got one. If not, you'll create an account. Send me your username and your email. I'll forward that on to the team, and they will. you'll have Helix uh, native, which is great software. It's fantastic. It works inside your DAW of choice. Uh, so fantastic. There, I just want to make sure she's ready. This one second. I haven't heard back, so I want to make sure we're all on the same page. Okay. The cool thing about Helix Native is I use it for so much that art isn't guitar. Okay. I was just doing a mix for my band. I put it all like all over the voice. I use it for drum reverb. It's actually it's super handy. I didn't think I would, but man, it's all over my album. I, I know, and and you can open up so many instances of it too. To even want a computer that's not necessarily a powerhouse, you know. It doesn't really take a lot of, at least I found, like my Mac is fairly powerful, but I've had multiple uh-huh. instances open and uh, not even a hiccup. Yeah, it only uses as much DSP as you put in into it. So, you know, if you're just using it for one effect, it's it's only going to use the amount of DSP that one effect takes up. So. That's right. That's right. So I want to apologize to some of the people in the chat. I didn't get a chance to say hi and answer and ask a lot of your questions, but uh, Ben is going to have a, a wide uh, open uh, invitation to come back here. So if we've missed anything today, <laughs> we will certainly have him back in the early part of 2019 for sure. Uh, I know there were some great comments there as well, too. Some people really enjoying the show so far. So thank you so very, very much and, and the seasons of it. It's nice. We're in season two, which is kind of crazy, hard to believe. So uh, everybody in the chat, get ready. I am going to tell uh, Nocturnal Butterfly when to go. And here again, um, we're going to uh, have you pick a number between one and 100, one guess only. And when she says start, you go. When she says stop, you go. And I won't be able to take anyone's after the she gives a stop. So I'm going to tell her when to go. And uh, you watch for her signal in the chat, Okay. One guest per person between 1 and 100, closest to without going over. So good luck, everybody. She will give you the signal. Wait for her signal. All right. There she goes. All right. Good luck, everybody. So this is the fun part. There we go. They're starting already. All right. Chad Boston guessed a number, but he says he won't, he won't, uh, he won't participate. 
All right, numbers are coming in good. And then we're going to jump over to a screen. We're going to use a random draw over on uh, good old Google, and we'll see who comes closest. This was a lot of fun having you here today. I was really, <laughs> I, I knew this was going to be fun. I knew it really knew it was. And people, this is cool, you know, getting to talk to the man that's uh, putting these sounds, one of the men that puts the sounds in Helix, and the fact that they get some presets of yours as well, too. Uh, phenomenal. So everyone pay attention closely to when she says stop. Numbers are coming in great. And if there's a tie, we'll have to see what we'll have to do a tie break on that between the, the people that do tie. They're coming through. Lots, lots of guesses. Got over 50 some odd people watching right now. It's really, really nice. Thank you so much. Great way to spend a Sunday afternoon with uh, great, great people. And hey, we got the soundtrack going. Guess the number. All right, there we go. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Oh, Quentin James, you got in just past. You got in just past. Okay. All right. So here we go. Let's jump over to the uh, thing here. All right. All right. So we need to put 100 in here. Hang on. Here we go. Are you ready? 1 to 100. Generate. The number is 18. Okay. Ooh, that's low. That is low. And I see someone with an 18 already. Uh, but I'm I'm going to um, I'm going to remove myself from uh, you know you know any uh, confirmation. So I'm going to leave that up to Nocturnal Butterfly and Frank. Uh, and if one of my other moderators wants to chime in with them as well too, just to because I don't want to say the wrong answer, but I'm seeing one that looks like it's right. And we'll see what happens there. No, William May. Sorry, no. Yeah, sorry, Quentin. But you, I think you were high anyways, Quentin. I, th I think you were. And thank you for the comment to Quentin James too as well. Great show. I appreciate that. This is I find this is one of the uh, the easiest ways to do the the giveaway. Chad was doing this on his show as well too. It seems to work really really well. You know you can always do random comments and things like that, but it's, you know this makes it a little bit easier. Uh, let me see here. All right, all right. So Bill Rand is that correct? If she's saying Bill Rand, all right. So um, there we go. Let's go jump back to our other screen. Bill Rand is the uh, is the winner. So, oh, that's fantastic. Congratulations. All right, so there we have the confirmation. I'll say thank you. All right, see, Nocturnal Butterfly runs a sharp, sharp chat. So, Bill, like I said, uh, go to the uh, Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Helix Hour to send me a message there with you. Uh, set up a username. Uh, if you don't have a Line 6 account, really easy, line6.com. Create an account. Give me your username and your email address, and I will forward that off to the team. And uh, you're going to have Helix Native. You're going to really, really enjoy it. We are just about two minutes away from uh, uh, from the hour, and this I'd feel very horrible if I didn't ask you this. And uh, so we'll go a couple minutes past if, if we have to. So me, again, being the novice Helix guy, I keep saying that. One of these days I'm going to stop saying that, but for now I'm still the newbie. This cartographer, everybody's talking about this amplifier, and then I, you know, research, research, research. Your name keeps popping up. I'm like, okay, two and two. What is the cartographer? And it's, and if I'm not pronouncing it right, tell us your involvement with that. Okay, so I am in a band called Cartographer. Now, to be fair, this band plays about one show a year, and the other two members live in uh, the Oakland and San Francisco area. It was a band I had before I moved down for my Line 6 job. Um, and in this band, I use an amp. Uh, it's actually a trainer amplifier. You know, our, okay. our, our wonderful friends from Canada. Yeah. The amazing underrated trainer amplifiers uh and let's not tell anyone how awesome they are let's just form a pack now <laughs> trainers are terrible amplifiers they suck sell them all we don't want them and then we'll see <laughs> buy them all and keep them because they're awesome um so i got this trainer amplifier and it had been taken apart and modded and it was just destroyed and i was like well this is perfect i can just build whatever amp i want in here so 
So I started building this amp, and I really started making it for myself. It was just the amp that worked best in this kind of very noisy, esoteric, hard, hard rock band. Um, and so I and I had a very I have a very specific guitar that I use it with, which has a metal neck. It's kind of like a Travis Bean, but it's made by a company called the Electrical Guitar Company. It's an awesome guitar, um, but it's very has a very distinctive sound. So I got this trainer amplifier it's the one that's in the picture that you're using to promote yeah the the thing and i started modifying it i changed the power amp around i totally redid the preamp i kind of based it a little bit on the circuit that was there but changed cascaded the gain stages and i would just add things but to make it sound good for me and then i had it in work because you know i was in the i'm still in this amp like every couple months or once a year or something I get a crazy idea. It's my amp that I can modify. I can tweak it. I can try fun ideas. So I had it in work about a year and a half or so ago. And I had done a mod to it. I added a depth control, much like the depth control that's on the 5150 and the, and the you know, the, the various uh, EVH amps. Mm-hmm. Um, I added a depth control to it because I just wanted to have flexibility on the amp. And some people around the office played the amplifier. And they told me, this thing sounds great. I'm like, okay, awesome. Really? You know, I mean, I know it sounds great for me, and it sounds great for my weird guitar and, and my strange band, um, but awesome. And then a couple people like, you should model this. So I talked to Eric Klein, who's kind of the, you know, the product owner, and he's like, yeah, if you want to do it, the amp sounds cool, do it. So I, I took the time, and I modeled my own amplifier, and That's I put cool. it in, expecting it to be like, okay, here's a funny thing, because sometimes we add an effect or an amp, and it's kind of like people are like, oh, that's pretty neat, and that just kind of goes away, but people really liked it. And I, I was almost, you know, I was almost embarrassed in a way where it was kind of like, I felt awesome because people liked it. But at the same time, it's like, I just kind of made it for me and I wasn't doing it as an attention grab or anything, but, but it turned out great and I'm so stoked and it makes, makes me feel awesome because here's something that I kind of, you know, designed based on this, you know, grow, growing out of this old trainer, which kind of grew out of Marshall, which, you know, so it's, it's a, it was just, it's a super hot rotted very specifically voiced Marshall that works well for a lot of things. And I should mention in the preset, the the tiny Peloton, I use that as my main amp, but rather than actually using a distortion pedal, I have a, a foot controller that changes three parameters in snapshots. Okay. So what I'm, actually, no, it's not a snapshot. It's just, it's just using it as a, as a, like a expression on the switch. So I hit the switch and it goes from a setting where the master volume is high, but the gains are very low. And then I hit the switch, and the gains go up, but the master volume goes down. So it essentially is a turning it turning it into a channel switching amplifier for that one preset. And so I can use it for my clean and the distorted sounds, but only use one amp model, and it saves on DSP. That, and that's fantastic. So yeah, it's it's my physical amp that I got to model, and you know when my, my when that old band plays, I I have to admit I do take out the real amp. Oh yeah, of course. And just yeah. play, play play it through the half stack. Yeah. With maybe a booster pedal, and that's it. I just kind of designed it, but you know it's super awesome to have it in, in the in the Helix because you know when we go into record, I'm sure I'm gonna, I'll have the amp there, but I'll definitely have the Helix there, and if I need to do quick overdubs or match a sound or something, I can just pull it right up. It's I feel very spoiled that I get to immortalize my own gear in Helix. Yeah, you, you're probably the only uh, person in the world on planet Earth that has their real amplifier, their amplifier that they've built <laughs> to take with them. That's pretty, we can all get close to the things that we love. Yeah, but your amp is in that. That that is awesome. Or it's me and Billy Sheehan right now. So that's right. Yeah, because we model. You know, we modeled his actual amplifier. And now he gets instead of bringing his big rack of gear, he just goes with his Helix and then has his 
backline that his other endorse endorsees endorsers send out and yeah. and hopefully it makes it super easy for him so that, so. that was a question I, I was going to almost bump it off because we were running out of time. But since how you mentioned it, I think it's good to go down that uh, that route. So Billy is another one of those guys that you think is going to be pretty much, uh, you know, analog only. Um, and, uh, you know, the, he's immortalized in Helix, which is great um, as, a, as a base presets. Was it um, was he very open minded to, uh, to having his sound uh, captured digitally? And uh, what was it like in the process working with him? Oh, he was super cool. Like he brought in his gear and he showed us like how he used it and like because he has, you know, he has a p- p- bass with two pickups mm-hmm. and they each go to different. Amps. They have two different outs on his bass, mm-hmm. so he uses his preamp for just the treble pickup, but it's a clean sound and a dirty sound blended on top of one another. And then there's another path that he does with his neck pickup, and he brought in his whole rig and showed us. And then he left his preamp there, and actually my my compatriot Sam did the actual hands-on modeling. And, you know, we kind of bounce things back and forth. And then Billy Sheehan would come in and he'd play it and like, oh, this is really good. This isn't. And then we made some revisions. And then he came in and he was just so excited. Like, he's so excited about gear. It's the enthusiasm is just contagious where it's like, wow, I can't believe it. Here's a guy who has been playing music for 50 years, mm-hmm. 40 or 50 years, long time. He'll admit it. Yep. And, and he would come in and, you know, like I remember seeing him in videos when I was a kid in the 80s and the David Lee Roth, like, so, you know, uh, solo videos. Um, yeah. and it's like, wow, that's crazy. This guy, like I get to deal with him, but you know, he's, he's just a, he's just a super normal guy who, who loves gear and loves to play bass. And like, he would start playing and we would want to get feedback, but he wouldn't stop playing. He yeah. would just keep on like, okay. <laughs> so like we'd sit there like, we're not going to interrupt. And so he'd be playing, you know, shredding on the bass for like five or 10 minutes. And then like, he's like, wow, this is great. <laughs> and like, we're just like, Whew. okay, we nailed it. But, you know, for me, I just diffuse it all by asking him dumb, dumb questions about what it was like, you know, touring with yeah. Steve Vai and, uh, <laughs> and uh, David Lee Roth. Um, yeah. And like, I would just I would just ask dumb questions <laughs> just, just well, to kind of, I don't know, I can't help myself. I, I know. I know what you mean about him loving gear. Um, like when, he, when he was on the show twice, he was on my EVH show once and then he come over to Helix and he's like, when do you want me back? I'm like, this is awesome. You know, you can tell he's just <laughs> passionate about it and he could talk about gear. Now, of course, he played, too. But um, he would be happy just talking about gear all night long. So that's awesome. Before we jump off, I just want to give another nod as well to the cartographer. Um, two nods. Uh, Robert Apple says, great uh, cartographer story. Thanks for sharing. And a while back, something I started here, um, kind of a sideshow of, uh, of the Helix Hour. We started doing a roundtable. And I'm going to start. I, was, I said I was going to do it once a month. And I kind of uh, drifted away from it. But I had a lot of our regulars here, including some in the chat right now. I had uh, Chad Boston. I had Chad, uh, Chad Husky. And I had Aaron Short. And... Um, uh, Chris Raga and all, and all all the you know the regulars in in the groups there and I had them on and we were just talking about Helix uh, and one of the things I had said to people is I said Jason Sedites obviously as well too um, hope I'm not forgetting anybody but you know the, the general you know the big wigs in the groups were all with us on this hangout and we we're saying everyone kind of tell us what is an amp that you you might have been necessarily maybe one you would not just jump to and try and one that you'd recommend. And my intention was to let people watching the show know about some other amps they wouldn't necessarily discover. And cartographer come up again and again and again. And people are like, oh, I love this amp. I love this amp. I love this amp. So uh, so here again, let's use that analogy. If that's an amp that you haven't tried yet, uh, dig into it. Have some fun. And, and, you know, of course, if it's in a if it's in a preset somewhere, don't necessarily judge it on the preset. I don't even know if it is in a preset. probably is. But grab that amplifier, create a new preset, and uh, and throw in the amp, throw in a 
cab, throw some reverb in there or whatever you like, and uh, just try that. And I think you're going to be uh, pleasantly surprised. And we will get back into those again. Here's something I'm going to just extend an invitation. Um, the easiest way to get in touch with me is at the Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Helix Hour. Send me a message through there. If you'd like to come on uh, on a monthly hangout, we'll do this once a month. I can have upwards of 10 people. I'd like to probably cap it at about eight uh, just to keep some headroom in there and uh, so we're not maxing out the chat and things like that. I'd love to have you on. We'll talk about Helix, things that you know about it, you'd like to learn about it. Maybe you can share some patches and, and you know, just ideas with it. So we'll have a lot of fun. We'll do that once a month and we'll work that in there. And, uh, you know, you know what? This is absolutely fantastic. We're just a couple minutes past, about 10 minutes after the Helix Hour. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart, uh, Ben, for joining us today with your incredibly valuable insight. I want to well, thank, thank Yeah, thank you for having me and thanks for, for doing this. I mean, I you know, you just do it because you love the gear and stuff. And yeah. We're, I, we're, so, we're you know, I know Frank is over the moon that this show exists. So Well, I appreciate so that. It's great it, to be on it. And you know what? The, the biggest thing that's happened uh, to me is um, I'll tell you two things, and, and in order of importance. The second thing of importance on the lower part of the scale is that I'm playing guitar a lot more, uh, and I'm loving guitar more than I ever have in my life, and that's because of Line 6 Helix and the community. Now let's back up to priority number one. People like yourself and everyone that's in the chat, these new friends that I've made because of the community, I mean, if I could never play guitar again for the rest of my life, as long as I had the people that I've met through through this uh, this community, uh, it's it's a blessing. So I want to thank everybody in the chat for coming out today. This is a great show. Got a lot of attendance uh, here today, and it's great for replay. So watch that back. Thank you so much, everyone, with a super chat today. It was very very kind of you, uh, Mark, Chad, and Frank. Appreciate that, and congratulations again uh, to Bill on his uh, win of Helix Native. We'll have that sent to the team by tomorrow, uh, probably tonight, and you might even have it as early as tomorrow morning. So everyone, thank you so very very much. Nice feedback there. Ben, I'm going to say goodbye to you off the air. Don't go away. Everyone, enjoy the rest of your Sunday afternoon, and uh, we will talk to you very, very soon. Oh, if you're new here, I'm surprised I haven't said this. If you're new here, please subscribe. I will work just as hard to keep you as a subscriber as uh, as I did to get you. That'd be really, really nice. Some people turn on your post notifications. You could be subscribed, and you might not get notifications. Just go to my channel. Make sure that bell is hit, because even with that bell being hit, sometimes you don't get the notifications. Just make sure, because I do a lot of sporadic things, and you want to make sure you never miss. So, uh, everyone, do we get to do the thing where you like click here. Yes, click exactly. Here to join. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know where that is, so I'm not even going to do it. Just look for that <laughs> bell and, and hit that subscribe. That'll be fantastic. But uh, you do have a uh, an open invitation to come back. And Frank says, "Fantastic job, King. Have a great end of the weekend, everyone." Thank you so much for tuning into episode three of the Helix Hour. Next week, as a as a quick plug. Um, Drew Fopp, uh, a phenomenal industry technician, guitar tech. He's been on the road with just about everybody. Um, make a good, like yourself, makes amplifiers and effects and all kinds of really cool boutique things. Uh, the reason why I know him is guitar tech uh, right now, currently for Smashing Pumpkins. Was very, oh, cur- yeah. yeah, very courteous to us uh, in, in London, Ontario. And he's going to come on and uh, we're going to really talk about things that he, how he, he and Jeff really use Helix as an extreme tool uh, for the band. And I I really, I really have to go on the record of saying, I think it, even though uh, Billy's, Billy uses HX effects, but I think he's using other products as well too. I think Helix has a huge um, nod to the Smashing Pumpkin sound this year. Everyone's raving over the the quality of, on the tour. So we're going to get some inside uh, information from Drew. I think that's going to be a really fun show as well too. We're going to keep these coming and uh, more presets for everybody. Lots of good stuff. So I've talked way too long. Everyone have a fantastic Sunday. We will see you very, very soon. Cheers. 
Hey, EVH Care TV and Eddie Van Halen fans. If you are like me, you find the time to read books difficult. Why not have it read to you? Grab one of three critically acclaimed Van Halen audiobooks like Van Halen Rising by Greg Renoff, Running with the Devil by Noel Monk, or Everybody Wants Some by Ian Christie, available right now from Audible. Sign up for a free trial with zero obligation to get any one of these three audiobooks today. You can cancel if you wish after your trial membership expires and keep the book. There are many other great titles to choose from as well. Links in the description below, but just remember audibletrial.com slash TV. Click the link below and go grab your first free audiobook. Thank you for listening to this edition of EVH and Gear TV. This episode is being brought to you in part by VanHalenStore.com. Shop VanHalenStore.com for the largest selection of official Van Halen merchandise and memorabilia. Be sure to check out our website at evhgeardiscussion.com for more updates and follow us on social media.